0: Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number two hundred and thirty.
1: Yeah, I would just say, hey, get out there and explore and you know take take a little bit of risk, but not too much, and uh, and see some cool places and, and get out there and meet the people, you know. Going slow sometimes isn't bad.
0: This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power, Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. Today I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Joe Marshall. Joe, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? You bet, Mark. All right, great to have you here. Joe Marshall is a designer and fabricator with a background in aerospace engineering. As co-owner of Mule Expedition Outfitters, an expedition vehicle outfitter and customizing shop located in Issaquah, Washington, Joe and his talented team provide products and services geared toward extended backcountry travel. Joe draws from a 15-year career in aerospace and a passion for the outdoors. Even the name of his company was derived from the U.S. Army acronym M-U-L-E, which stands for Multifunctional Utility Logistic Equipment. Joe and his wife Dana are creating a community of adventures that share with a passion and respect for the environment, culture, and the traveling lifestyle. Joe, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment, share a little bit more about your business, your interests, and of course your passion for off road vehicles?
1: Yeah, sure, Mark. So um I, I guess uh my passion for travel has been there since uh uh I guess since I first took my first plane ride to uh to Disneyland when I was a little kid by myself. <laughs> cool. Me- my grandfather. So, yeah, we you know, we got thrown on a plane and sat down there. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, it was amazing to me to be able to travel over long distances to different parts of the country. That passion for travel was, was re-energized, I guess, when uh, I was uh, on my way to uh, to work one day after, just, I guess, jumping quite a bit ahead here, driving to work. And uh, I saw a camper van on the side of the road, four-wheel drive, and all, you know, just... Looking like it could take on just about anything. Yeah, uh, I had to pull over and stop and look at this vehicle, and uh, it turned out to be a 1991 uh, Volkswagen Synchro Westfalia van. Oh and,
2: yeah, <laughs> I love the Westfalia. I just uh,
1: yeah, I was just I was just so impressed with uh, with the vehicle and and the styling, and you know just just the thoughts were just going through my head. You know what what could you potentially do with this vehicle? take it on a journey somewhere you know in the in the u.s or over overseas and so at that point i just was convinced i had to have one and uh, i guess that's where you know the traveling and automotive fashion kind of came together because i knew that now i had a uh, literally a vehicle to get me to the places and, and do the things that i wanted to do yeah so from that point uh, i'd always had a a great passion for the outdoors um hiking. I grew up on the east coast. We used to do a lot of uh hiking and, and mountaineering in the in what I thought were big mountains, uh in the green mountains of, of New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah. And uh so um, you know, and then of course I moved to Seattle a few years later. But um uh the v- the vehicle came with me after Several months of restoration. Uh, again, being a, an East Coast vehicle, it was full of rust, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And my my girlfriend at the time thought it was probably the worst tragedy <laughs> that she had ever experienced.
0: But she just didn't have the vision yet.
1: She didn't have the vision, and I think that uh, that's really important, uh, both in, in, in you know my life and and uh, you know the endeavors that we take on. Uh, having that vision, you know, to see beyond what the uh, face value of something is, and, and to be able to. You know, see past that and see what you could potentially create with it. So, you know, the van to me and uh, the lifestyle that it potentially could uh, allow me to have—it was definitely a platform. I knew that I could, I could really build upon. Shortly after seeing that vehicle, I, I just got on. At that point, the internet was no more than a few different web pages. I don't think Google was even around back in 90, 95 or 96. Mm-hmm. You know, I searched all over, found this old rusty van, and and basically spent the entire summer in my garage trying to fix it up at the end of that summer i decided to move to seattle washington so after uh, after moving to seattle um i got a job with uh with uh, the boeing company and uh it was really an exciting time i mean i was working uh for their phantom works research and development group i was in that group for roughly 15 years and had the opportunity to participate in a number of different and very interesting projects of course with airplanes there's uh this need uh, for you know efficiency, um, both structurally and uh, when it comes down to the systems on the vehicle. So making sure that, you know, you're adding only what you need to add to the vehicle in order to get the job done that you're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. uh, without adding lots of extra weight or having too much stuff on there that uh, is really not necessary. So right. uh, for me, I, you know, when I apply that to my vehicles, I, I look at a vehicle and I think, you know, what can I take off this thing and and still have it run down the road without uh, being a risk to uh, to the to the occupants and uh, or to a risk to anybody else? So I, I look at I look at you know panels and things and dashboards and so any any little bits of extra parts and things that are on these vehicles I, I look to see whether or not they can be changed, modified, or reconfigured to do either the single job that they are currently performing or multiple jobs. For example. You know, maybe if you had a, a, a rear cargo uh, rack for a vehicle, maybe it doubles as a platform for uh, getting yourself out of the muck and mud when you're out, you know, in, in the rainy in the rainy part of the, of the year. Yeah. So a platform that folds down, for example. So it's it's a it's a rack for cargo when you're just driving along, but it's, it folds down and becomes you know a back porch on your vehicle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Things like that. So multifunctionality and and uh, and really giving things more more purpose, just integrating as much purpose into a single object as you possibly can in order to reduce, you know, overall weight, but still kind of give you the opportunity to bring the kitchen sink and everything else with you.
0: Sure, absolutely. Well, what's, what's really cool about this story is the aspect of the van, the metaphor of it uh, not only bringing you to the West Coast, to a new career, it evolved even yet again to this new career, this new business that you created at Mule. So, I think it's fantastic. I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote, and this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Joe, take the wheel.
1: Okay, Mark. Yeah, I guess uh, I wish I could say that uh, my quote was, you know, uh, something from uh, Aristotle or one of these great thinkers.
2: Really, it comes off
1: of uh, a coffee cup that I have in my kitchen, and it's uh, basically do what you love and love what you do, and I believe... uh, (laughs) It's a company that you know. Uh, I can't remember. I can't recall it. Life is good, I believe, is the name of the company that they have T-shirts and mugs and things uh-huh. like that. And but I just really take that that quote to heart. And while I really was passionate about um, aerospace and and I really loved the, being able to get into and get my hands on all these new technologies and and working with some of the smartest you know folks on the planet, I think I still had this this itching desire to just get off my own and, and, and create. And uh, I found myself spending every, well, nearly every weekend, at least part of the weekend, in my garage under a vehicle or designing a new part. And, I, you know, sleepless nights just coming you know, <laughs> up with new designs for things and how to do it better or, uh, you know, and I continue to do that now. But uh, now I come to work and, uh, you know, I'm just ex- I've been excited to be here. I'm excited to get my hands uh, on the welder, on the plasma cutter, uh, on the CAD, you know, on my CAD system. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and the, you know the ability to kind of you know have everything converge. Uh, my engineering background, passion for cars, and you know some really cool tools we have here at the shop, including a you know three D scanner and and of course all the shop you know tools, lift, uh, and all the metalworking equipment. You really can almost do uh, you know the sky is the limit when it comes to things you can create potentially create. Yeah, yeah. So customers walk through the door, you know the. The more out, outlandish, uh, the more outlandish requests, uh, basically, the better. Basically, we can we can just about. Uh, so far, we've been able to accomplish what they wanted us to do, and 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 you know make their dreams come true when it comes to their um, their off-road camper, overland vehicle, or, or what have you.
0: Again, what's so great about this, and for Carja listeners out there that uh, wish they could see a path to working in their field of passion with automobiles. Here's a great example with Joe. Had a great career in aerospace, but had this other itch that just had to be scratched, and he did it. And uh, that's what's so great about having you here at Cars yeah today. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? I'd love to hear about that pivotal moment when you really knew you were a car guy.
1: Gosh, well, I guess... I guess it would either have to be one. I mean I, I don't I've always been a car guy I've always been I mean when I was a kid I would watch you know any expert excerpts I could find of the of the Paris Dakar race Baja One Thousand you know these adventurous uh, off road races in the most remote parts of the world I just couldn't believe that these uh, these things were going on and uh, and I just I just need to I needed to know more I needed to know how you know a vehicle could go 120 miles an hour over over stuff that would tear a normal car apart and to this day it's still something that really interests me however you know our vehicles of course are really designed more for for, for camping and, and yeah. uh, uh, so far we haven't done 120 um on on some really aggressive roads but um <laughs> so that passion still remains and the interest in suspension and interest in in uh you know just packaging up things and making them uh, you know in- increasing durability and reliability
2: and yeah stuff
1: like that. it's really been been great um the pivotal moment for me it was it was i guess just honestly seeing that seeing that 1991 uh, yellow van again on the side of the road and and rolling up to it i think that's when my real like i i had seen lots of other vehicles i had some older jeeps and things growing up mm-hmm. but this one really it, it really kind of took me for a loop i, I saw it and, and it was the first time i had really seen a car that i just thought i have to have one of these i don't know (laughs) what it was i I had no idea it would play so heavily into my my future uh career starting of my own business and and i I guess i have to say that that my current vehicle um which is i guess known kind of somewhat infamous on the internet known as Dos mule Mm -hmm. um this green vanigan that we created uh took about two and a half years to build it but uh you know, I just—I built it for my wife. She wanted a camper, and I had this old white Vanagon, and you know, we we cut the roof off and put a camper top on, and and modified the engine. And you know, I just went. She basically gave me full reign. She said, Do "You have, you know, uh, my permission to be in the garage every weekend until this project is finished." And I said, "Nice, the best wife ever."
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You married the right woman.
1: <laughs> exactly. So uh, you know, she's been a she's been a great help. I almost sold. That was, I guess. Having, if I ever had a yes, if I ever had a regret uh, for uh, selling a vehicle, and I so far I haven't. Uh, I almost sold this one before we decided to, you know, do this big conversion.
0: I'm glad you kept it, and you know, we've had several guests here on cars, yeah, that are off roaders. Emmy Hall, who races off road down in Baja, and and has raced over uh, in the Dakar area, and uh, Jim Hyde of Rawhide Adventures, who's into off road motorcycles and stuff. So. Uh, cars definitely doesn't stay on the pavement, (laughs) that's for sure. Joe, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, get our hands a little dirty, something you're certainly not afraid of doing, and ask you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced somewhere along the line in your career. We all face these things. The most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome it and what did you learn from it?
1: Yeah, so I guess uh, my biggest challenge in my business uh, life here is Well, basically, leaving the aerospace, you know, a very solid career in aerospace with great benefits, uh, great pay. Uh, Again, working with a really fantastic group of people, um, but knowing deep down that there was something else pulling me uh, a lot stronger than, you know, than than that. And I I would, you know, I guess it was uh, the day that I just kind of looked around and looked at some of the older engineers in my group and thought to myself, now is the time. Like now, I need to make this move now, or it's never going to happen. And uh, and you know that was the hardest thing. I, I guess the, the hardest, you know, from a physical standpoint, mental standpoint, was trying to run Mule Expedition Outfitters with my wife and work a full time job at Boeing. And I just knew I couldn't do. I couldn't sustain both. And uh, it basically came down to okay, so either you got you got to fish or cut bait. You got to you got to either apply yourself 100 percent to one or the other. Um, or else both are going to fail. So I just, you know, talked to uh, some of the folks at work and my management and just, you know, basically said, hey, uh, I'm going to make this life change. And uh, and uh, at that point, I mean, I I think that uh, once we had opened up the retail store and started the installation shop up, there was pretty much no turning back. At that point, we had committed. We'd taken on a partner, and, uh, and it was just like, okay, you know, uh,
0: here we'll, we
1: go. <laughs> we'll off the ground. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, heading off down that, that uh, new dirt path, if you will. I think it's fantastic. Very brave, very daring, but uh, I think you've learned that to have a spectacular life sometimes takes those very bold moves, and they're very scary when you do them, and they're scary along the way, and sometimes they continue to be scary a little bit, but I'm really happy that you did that. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those Aha moments in your career. And this is one of those times, as I say, when the headlights came on and kind of illuminated the way for a new idea or a direction that you had. And and tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success.
1: I guess my aha moment came, my wife and I had talked about starting up some sort of a a business prior to our, our trip in 2012 down to the Baja Peninsula, but it was really there in Baja where the idea of extended vehicle based travel and what that does to a person physically mentally i just i had never experienced anything like that before just the freedom of being out on the road, and being able to go just about anywhere you wanted to. And then when you get there, you can stay there for just about as long as you want to. <laughs> yeah. So that trip was just, it was, you know, I, I would have to say it was definitely a life-changing experience. You know, we got on the road. I had all, all sorts of built-up anxiety about traveling to another country. I had lots of friends and family back home who were worried about us going into mexico you know look out for you know banditos and all this kind of stuff and you guys are traveling alone it's it's so dangerous there and and then finally uh getting down there and uh just starting to realize that you know people are people are people you know there there are good and bad people everywhere in the world but uh you know, generally, people all share the same desire that you want to have—you know—good friends, good family, and be happy. And mm-hmm. and people that we met uh, along the way it was just—it was amazing. And, and the more time we spent down there, the more comfortable we became. And I guess it was probably—you know—flipping over to the business side of things and the aha moment. Like we got back into the U.S., uh, into the states rather, and uh, we were in Mesa, Arizona, visiting uh, with my wife's uncle. And we happened by uh, an expedition uh, outfitting type of a store there, just realized you know we have so many great uh, trails and backroads and and beautiful places to see and and, uh, and you know travel to in Washington state and Oregon and Utah. Uh, you know why isn't there one of these expedition type you know outlet you know places for people to come and and see the see all the different products? you know, touch them, feel them, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then a place where they can go to get information and, and, and have, you know, either their, you know, have their vehicle built or get information about, you know, traveling or back, you know, backcountry communication through, you know, ham radios and sat phones and things and, you know, how do I stay safe, all, all these different things uh, that we thought we could bring to, you know, to an off-road community here locally, and we just decided, I guess, on the way back, like, let's try to do this.
0: And, yeah, uh, <laughs> great, uh-huh. aha, and- I was very lucky when I was a kid in the 70s to take a trip down Baja, and uh, with we had two uh, Chevy Blazers back in the day, brand new ones with a, a friend of mine's mom and her friend, and I think there was about uh, eight of us kids, and we drove down Baja, we'd camp on the beach and surf, and you know back then it was a little, little bit safer, I think, than uh, as it's become in Mexico, but... I remember the worst thing that happened to us was a little girl threw an orange at us. So <laughs> we had a pretty good trip, at least until one of the vehicle's uh, engines let go, and that kind of changed things a little bit. But uh, yeah. beautiful down there. It is absolutely fantastic. How about proudest career moments? Could you share one with us that really stands out?
1: Absolutely. I think the proudest career moment for us as a young company was... Basically grand opening day at Mule Expedition Outfitters retail store. We had a lot on the line. We had a lot of really good support from friends and family. We didn't have any real expectations of, of you know what, what, what was the, what was the public? How were the public how were they going to react basically to this store that you know, is kind of an off-road store, vehicle outfitter, but uh, not your traditional 4x4 shop. Were people going to come? Or was anyone going to show up? <laughs> yes. You know, and that was like we were. We had a fully stocked store. We invested a good chunk of our savings and just you know getting the store ready. And then when we opened the doors, we had, a, we had an extremely successful day. And at that point, we're like, yeah, I think we're on to something. So <laughs> oh, very um, cool. That was our proudest moment. Yeah. And, uh, walking away from that with just really good feelings for you know for the future and the future of our little company was good.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I love it. Let's have a little fun here, and you may have already touched on this, but what was your first really special vehicle?
1: Yeah, I guess we, I guess it would be this '86 uh, rusty Volkswagen Synchro van that I bought. That I basically I was I was like the trial by fire. I was I learned everything and and probably a few things I shouldn't have learned uh, working on that vehicle. I did my first real big body panel repairs, tack welding, and my my really my first experience welding and and, uh, you know, using a sandblaster, and, uh, you know, I basically had to take the whole frame down from this rusty shell back and restore it to somewhat what I thought was original, so I, I was taken through the paces on that vehicle, everything, you know, pretty much the entire vehicle was built back from the ground up, and I really had had minimal experience prior to that working on cars, I mean, my dad had old Packer and, a, and an old Thunderbird when I was a kid growing up, and I just remember, you know, sticking the screwdriver in the in the Thunderbird ignition to turn it on and stuff like that. <laughs> just, just, you know, really just random little car bits, but never any real structured, you know, education in how to work on cars. So it was just, yeah, me in the garage with a bunch of tools and it was great. I, and yeah, I just love, I love learning new stuff. So it was no problem for me. And, and you know, of course I screwed a bunch of stuff up, but you know, Part of the
0: learning process.
1: <laughs> absolutely, yeah. yeah.
0: I love it, I love it. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in the garage?
1: I nearly sold our, our current vehicle um, prior to you know the two-and-a-half-year restoration because I had had just so much headache with it. But my wife put the put the brakes on that one and basically yeah. told me, yeah, <laughs> you're not selling it, you don't want a camper. So yeah, so yeah I, guess, I guess I really don't have one. I guess if I could... That would have been that would have been the one. I think if I had sold our current, you know, eighty six Manigan, I think I really would regret it now. But I'm glad we kept. it.
0: Oh, definitely. Is there a vehicle that you've purchased that you afterwards you went, what the heck was I thinking?
1: <laughs> Let's see. Well, yeah. Well, there's been a there's been a couple of those. I guess I really was into uh, Subarus for a long time. I thought they were. I, I think I still think they're great cars. I, I guess. Uh, I purchased a a Subaru Baja, and I thought it was going to be the greatest thing because it was kind of a car, and it was kind of a truck, and I could yeah I could I could use it you know to to move stuff around. Mm-hmm. But it turned out that uh, yeah it wasn't really what I what I thought, and, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah that one I, I didn't you know the more people that kind of said what the heck did you buy a Baja for? It's like I don't know I, I guess uh, <laughs> I guess I yeah I'd say I, I, I sold that one pretty quick.
0: <laughs> there you go. Is there a project that you guys are working on right now that really has you excited and fired up?
1: Yeah, well, actually, I think it was the the last the last vehicle the big the last build big build we had was um, was a, a Lexus uh, 460 GX, sort of the higher end Toyota off road platform. Yeah, you know, yeah. The Lexus, but it's you know the, the chassis and stuff is basically uh, the same as the fifth gen 4Runner and, and the FJ Cruiser. So. Mm-hmm. That project was really fun because nobody had done what we were really not not many people I'd say had done what we were planning to do with the vehicle because most of them are driving around, uh, you know, with a bunch of kids in the back and a, and a bag of soccer balls. But you know, we basically took it. The customer wanted to drive it off road and he wanted to be able to do some aggressive, you know, really aggressive kind of uh, off road off road driving and and yeah. back to travel. So. We took it from this little soccer mom car, and when it rolled out of our shop, uh, the other out the other door, it had, uh, you know, full lockers, uh, front and rear lockers, uh, fully skated all the way across the bottom. We had swapped out the front bumper for an aftermarket bull bar bumper and an integrated winch, and there were just a lot of challenges because we were dealing with a lot of sophisticated electronics and. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, kinetic suspension with, uh, you know, variable uh, sway bars and things like that. So a lot of challenges, but a really great project. And, and, and the vehicle, is it's uh, definitely an eye-catcher now that it's, you know, it's all done.
0: Yeah, I think what's neat about this is, when you get into what you're doing at first, people may be thinking, "Well, he just works on old VW vans." But you guys do a lot of work with very modern, sophisticated cars. You worked on a friend's, a friend of mine's Porsche Cayenne, so that he could take it off road in a, seri- you know, a very serious manner. And a lot of these SUVs these days, yeah, the biggest bumps they see are the speed bumps at the Nordstrom parking lot. But they are capable of doing a lot more. And I think with the augmented designs and elements that you guys add to these vehicles, they could go just about anywhere, so I think that's really, really cool, a cool aspect about what you do. Here's a really introspective question for you. If you were a car, I kind of think I know how you're going to answer this, but yeah. we'll see. If you were a car, not the car you want to be, but if you were a car, what kind of car would Joe be?
1: Well, you know, I like i like seeing, you know, its a, I guess uh, some folks like race cars and, and, and uh, sports cars, I guess I'm more of, a, I guess I'm a little, little simpler when it comes to that. You know, I, I really, uh, I really like seeing things from the less traveled roads. Um, I don't necessarily need to go fast. I like, yeah, I think, I think slowing down sometimes allows you to really take in a lot more. So, you know, for me, I guess it would, I could kind of a, kind of a draw between a. Mercedes Unimog twelve hundred and uh, Oh
2: my, yeah. <laughs> and
1: uh, and a Land Rover Defender ninety. I just
2: cool. I, I love
1: I love diesels and I love, you know, just the the ruggedness of those vehicles and, and yeah. uh, you know, just reliability and, and, and that kind of thing of course really plays into a lot of what we do here. So
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You wouldn't you wouldn't know that, but
0: <laughs> well, those are
1: uh driving a Volkswagen around, but you know.
0: Yeah, I know well that's why I wanted to ask the question because I think it's pretty cool. And those are uh, spectacular vehicles and serious off-road vehicles, of course, So, uh, which you are a serious off-road guy. So I think that's a perfect answer. So, Joe, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars ya yeah listeners. Carpe VM Seize the road. It's the motto at CarpeGear.com, where you'll find The Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com. And be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E, gear.com. All right, Joe, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some really quick blips of the throttle answers. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Uh, Best automotive advice would be carry spares and a good uh good tool bag.
0: <laughs> yes. Definitely if you're going where you take your vehicles to go even a cell phone sometimes is useless when you get that far off the road. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: I guess just never being satisfied with with where you are and always tr- uh striving for for, you know, attaining whatever that dream is you have. I like think my wife has been my the greatest catalyst for that, and you know, just setting up some goals for yourself and really going for it because you'll be surprised what you can accomplish.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I love it. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with the Car Show listeners that you think they would enjoy?
1: For me personally, I, I learn a lot from um, from YouTube videos. I'm I'm a I'm kind of a visual guy, so you know, mm-hmm. if I need to learn a trick about TIG welding, uh, you know dissimilar metals or something like that, or, or doing like a TIG weld brazing, I'll, I'll go online and, and look up a YouTube video. And I think there's just a lot of good information out there. And, you know, you really get a, a much better feel for things like that when you can actually see them done uh, versus reading about them. Yeah.
0: I agree with you. Uh, I use that resource a lot myself. And one of the guests we had on Cars here yeah was Eric, the car guy. Mm-hmm. And he creates these videos of how to fix and work on your car. And uh, there's so many great resources out there where you can go and simple things, trying to figure out how to change a light bulb and a lens, which one time I was helping my son with his BMW and couldn't figure out how to get the turn signal cover off. It's like how do you get how do you get to that thing? And went on he just said, Well dad, I'll Google it. And we went online and sure enough there was a little hole you stuck a screwdriver through and you just pushed it back and it undid the clip you know. So yeah, great resource. I love that. How about a book? Is there a book that you think the Car Show listeners would really enjoy reading?
1: Yeah. Well um You know, I've always tried to push uh, the books by Carol Smith. Um, Mm, So I love his series, uh, Tune to Win, Drive to Win, Prepared to Win, Engineered to Win, and one of my favorite sort of standbys is uh, the nuts, bolts, fasteners, and plumbing handbook. I think that one's great. I mean, just understanding why you have to torque a fastener to a certain specification and things like that, it really Mm -hmm. becomes a lot more intuitive when you're working on vehicles because you just realize, you know, basically they're just, they're all nut and bolted together for the most part, and if you understand the basic physics behind how things get, you know, go together, I think it makes uh, a lot of those challenges a lot more easy to, to, you know, overcome.
0: Absolutely. You also mentioned to me before John Krakauer's Into Thin Air book being a book you really enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Was that something that uh, is because of the adventurous nature in your life that you like that book?
1: I think so. I think it's the uh, the, the the story of survival really. There on our way back from Baja. Uh, we were in Oregon, and we actually we, we drove our vehicle out on a, on a dirt road that we thought was totally benign and ended up rolling the vehicle on its side. And we were in the middle oh, of no. absolute nowhere. There was 60 miles from any town anywhere around. So my wife and I and my dog are, you know, it's 25 degrees out, and we're, the vehicle's tipped over, and I can't, there's nothing, they're in the middle of the high desert. There's nothing to winch off of and this and that.
2: Yeah.
1: So it was basically kind of the same thing with into the air the guy was had fallen you know eight hundred feet into a crevasse, and he had to find out, okay, I'm all by myself. how do I get myself out of here and you know reflecting back on our little debacle in in Oregon, it was the same sort of thing. It's like okay, we're flipped over we've got you know, there's twenty five degrees out and yeah. our little our little you know snail shell house is 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 no longer you know be able can't occupy it so getting yeah. ourselves out of that situation with very minimal help at all, if any, uh, was one of the most challenging things that we had ever done. And, and I kind of like always like to read about or, or listen to stories that folks have about uh, overcoming huge challenges and realizing that if you believe you can do it and you set your mind to it, you, you, you know, you can get yourself out of some pretty pretty interesting situations.
0: Okay, you can't leave us hanging here. How did you get the vehicle back up on its wheels? Okay,
1: so, uh, yeah, so I guess, you know, um, we just happened to flip over the vehicle next to the only rock I I could find anywhere. The rest of the terrain was just sage grass and, and, and uh, very loose soil. So we ended up uh, taking a high lift jack apart and jamming it down behind this big boulder. And then uh, we used a winch and a snatch block. So basically it tied the, attached the snatch block to the high lift jack and then uh, uh, ran the winch through the snatch block and then tied off onto the Rock sliders we had on the side of the vehicle, which is a product that the only product that das Mule was currently building at the time, and uh, basically just stood back and and, and uh, prayed and you know let the winch in and, and sure enough the vehicle dragged itself across the across the sand until the wheels kind of hooked into a rock and then next thing you over know, uh, next thing we knew, we knew the vehicle started to right itself. And uh, then it, once we got it on four wheels, just kind of like the anxiety sort of dissipated a bit. How bad? A bit. We were still in a pretty precarious <laughs> position because the vehicle was still at about 45 degrees because it was up on yeah. an embankment. But uh, it took another day to get it out. We had to uh, build a build another anchor up, up the hill from where we were and ended up driving out of there with a broken axle, uh, no brakes, 60 miles on the highway, uh, kind of in that condition to limp back. Oh gosh, so that that was at the end of our eight thousand mile baja trip, and uh, our vision of driving in in back into Seattle, all, you know, having having done this huge trip with the vehicle in perfect shape, didn't really happen. But it made a great story, and uh, we were able to
0: test out the roll
1: cage we built for it. So that was pretty
0: nice. Absolutely, absolutely, that's fantastic. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these resources at carsyeah dot com slash joe marshall. Okay, Joe, we're up to the checkered flag. This last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost, I'll buy you whatever you'd like today, what would that one vehicle be and why?
1: Gosh, one collector car. I'd say it'd probably have to be the Rothman Porsche from, I forget what year of the car it was, but uh, it was it was one of the off, off-road... Oh, the 959.
0: 959.
1: yeah, I'd say... You know, yeah. I, I think that, that has been a huge inspiration for me. It would be either that... Uh, I don't know, I guess it would be a battle between that and the, um, I don't know, I guess I guess it would be the Rothman Porsche. I think that probably went
0: hands down. Oh, yeah, very special vehicle and uh, very, very cool. And I know why you like that, of course, because it takes the uh, power and speed and engineering of the uh, mighty Porsche 959 and takes it to the dirt. Exactly. So, yeah, pretty special car. Well, you've taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, Joe. I know we'd get off into the dirt and have some fun, and we did. And I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset, or I should say into the dirt in that Porsche 959?
1: Uh, all I could say for the listeners on, online is just, uh, you know, get out there and explore. You know, seeing the country or, or the world that, you know, if, if that's where your, your travels take you. Buy off-road vehicle, it gets you into places that, your average, uh, you know, vacation wouldn't take you. So, uh, I definitely, really would. Yeah, I would just say, hey, get out there and explore, and and, and you know, take take a little bit of risk, but not too much, and uh, and see some cool places, and and get out there and meet the people. You know, going slow sometimes isn't bad.
0: What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business?
1: Well, Mark, you can um, look us up on Facebook uh, at uh, Mule Expedition Outfitters. Or you can look at our website at www.dosmule.com, and you spell that D-A-S-M-U-L-E.
0: Perfect. Well, listeners, I would urge you to go check out what Joe and his talented team and his uh, wife Dana are doing there. They're building some incredible stuff, and I've seen his work up up close uh, with a friend of mine that has a Cayenne that he did a bunch of work to. My friend and his wife take that Cayenne all sorts of crazy places around the country, and and thanks to Joe, they've gotten themselves in and out of some pretty crazy situations. So uh, check out his website, have some fun there, and remember, you can go to carsyad.com slash Joe Marshall and find his show notes page with links to everything he's been so kind enough to share with us today. Joe, thanks for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your off-road experiences with me and the listeners. It's been great. Until we talk again, I'll see you down that dirt road.